I have pen fed, that's a fact. I have pen fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Haverty's Furniture is here to help you get set for the season with up to $1,000 off. So you can set the stage with style and set the bar more beautifully. So why not settle in together on a new sofa? Because being at home doesn't mean having to settle for less. Even though the holidays feel a little different this year, Haverty's Furniture can help you create the perfect holiday setting with up to $1,000 off plus 0% interest. Anyone speaking of himself, not having reference in the book of God or in the Bible, is a false preacher whose heart is not a sheep, a deceiver. Inside them is a ravening wolf. Their inward is not inward man. Inwardly, they are animals. They are beasts. Welcome to the podcast that exposes biblical teachings you've never heard before. Tune in as we give you eye-opening insights on the authentic teachings of Jesus Christ, featuring no-nonsense preacher, Brother Ellie Soriano. Brace yourselves as we listen to The Unheard Truth from the Bible. Here is your host, Yuli Villamin. Contrary to popular belief, sheep are not stupid defenseless and harmless animals that are just good for lambsteak or a wool jacket. Sheep are in fact intelligent creatures with remarkable memory and recognition skills. They maintain friendship and would stick up for each other on fights. They are what we would describe humans, intelligent, complex, and sociable It's ironic how most of us know so little about the animal that have been deeply rooted in human culture since basically the beginning of time. Sheep have been referenced often in different cultures and religious texts. In the Bible, sheep is oftentimes used to epitomize gentleness, innocence, and purity. A Christian is taught to behave himself like a sheep. That is with kindness, meekness, and forgiveness. But not all sheep are created equal. There is one sheep that the Holy Scriptures warns us about. A sheep that looks exactly like any other that it deceives many. Luring its victims with cunningness and deceit until they are ready to manifest the ravening wolf hidden inside that is dying to devour anyone who falls prey to it. Good evening. I am your host, Yuli Villamin. Thank God for another opportunity to serve you. In this episode of The Unheard Truth from the Bible, we will reveal the ravenous sheep that the Lord Jesus Christ warned us about in the book of Matthew. To do that, 
we will need the help of Philippines no-nonsense preacher. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our Bible resource person. I call him the truth caster, Brother Eli Soriano. Good evening, Brother Eli. Good evening, everyone. We hope that you are all ready to share your time with us and our topic for today is I assure you one of the truth in the Bible which is not commonly heard among various preachers of different religious denominations. Of course the Bible tells us of the kind of animal a sheep is meek not like other Animals called aggressive, brother Eli. Aggressive or carnivorous, etc. A sheep symbolizes a man of God. Sheep symbolizes the flock of God in his pasture. Let us read from the prophet Ezekiel, chapter 34, verse 31, in the Revised Standard Version. And you are my sheep, the sheep of my pasture, and I am your God, says the Lord God. Speaking to the Israelites, God says, You are my sheep, the sheep of my pasture. I am your God, says the Lord God. Brother Yuli, you know, we have to understand that the Bible intentionally use animal, sheep, in reference to the people of God originally. And we know that there are those who try to imitate or who will try to imitate, always try to imitate those things that are of God or godly things. Like we know of apostles There are imitation apostles. Mm-hmm. There are false apostles. Guided by that context of the scriptures, everything that is of God is... Uh, duplicated? Duplicated or... Copied? Copied by the arch enemy of God. There are ministers of God. Satan also makes ministers... False uh, prophets, false apostles, and false Christ, mind you. Let us read in the book of Matthew 24:24. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that, if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. There will be false Christ, false prophets. Everything false. Let us read 2 Corinthians 11.13. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. 14. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. 15. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, 
whose end shall be according to their works. That conclusion of the Apostle Paul. Therefore, it is no great thing if his, referring to Satan, if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness. Therefore, the number one counterfeiter, can we say that? Mm-hmm. Duplicator. Or, I'm not convenient about the word duplicator. I should do imitate. Imitator. No, not, not even imitator. It is better if we use the word I used in English. That counterfeiter. Making counterfeit money. Satan establishing counterfeit money or or building false churches having false apostles false prophets everything that is false it is the work of satan but it is not made out of imprudence mm-hmm. it is devised cunningly by Satan, to make it appear as the original. The false Christ, the false apostles, the false prophets, and the false sheep. Which is 7.15 of the book of Matthew. Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. In order to understand the word sheep's clothing, Brother Yuli, we know that we cannot interpret this uh, literally. Because sheep do not have literal clothing, but their natural appearance. Mm-hmm. The wool. sheep's uh, wool. No? The word of the Lord Jesus Christ, sheep's clothing... It's just like uh, some uh, conveying to us some spiritual wisdom. Sheep's clothing. I want to, I want to analyze this word of the Lord Jesus Christ in the biblical context, Brother Yuli. Mm-hmm. Because there are religions in the Philippines, popular religions, saying that Sheep's clothing is like the clothing of Roman Catholic priests because of their white robes and long robes. They claim that it is the sheep's clothing that the Lord Jesus Christ wants to impress or to express. But it is not uh, literal clothing because First of all, ships do not wear dress or clothing. So, if you are going to study this in the biblical context, there are imposters presenting themselves to be sheep, but not in clothing only. Clothing means the way you represent yourself to people or to those who will see you, 
not necessarily having clothes like dress. How uh, you dress up. How, do, how you dress up, no. In sheep's clothing means uh, appearing to be meek like sheep, appearing to be gentle like sheep, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Analyzing this verse, Brother Yuli, in the thought of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Bible, we have to unravel something uh, which not is it's not common commonly mentioned or taught by preachers of our times. I would like to read Second Corinthians chapter four. Verse 16, Brother Yuli. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. The Apostle Paul talking to the first century Christians is teaching them that there are two men in us. The inward man and the outward man. In other translations uh, of the scriptures in the Revised Standard Version, it says, though our outer nature is washing away, our inner nature is being renewed every day. So there, there are two, two parts of our being man called in the Bible as the outward man and the inward man. It is also testified to by the Apostle Peter in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 4. Let us read. But let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. So it is very clear that We have two men in us. Like the apostles are saying, there is an outward man and there is an inward man. But these preachers in sheep's clothing, outwardly, they are really sheep. They give you an impression, Brother Eli, that they are sheep-like. The outward man is sheep. But the inward is ravening wolves. You see? Christians have two men in them. The outward man, which is their body, the physical body we can see. And the other is the inward man of the heart, of a meek and quiet spirit. The real sheep is in the heart. Mm-hmm. You got the point, Brother Yuli? Yes, Brother Eli. Uh, let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit. The real sheep in us is our spirit, not the appearance. You know, it is within the context of the scriptures that we will learn this mystery of faith. Like what the Apostle Paul said to the Romans, the real Jew is the Jew 
which is inwardly as a Jew. Circumcised inside. That's the real Jew. Let us read Romans 2.28. For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. 29. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, and not the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. Amen. You, know, you now have an idea, Brother Yuli, about the context of the Bible. Eh? Mm-hmm. Speaking of context, when you say sheep, the real sheep in us is the inward man. What What's kind it? of a spirit we have? In our hearts. In our heart. The spirit of meekness the spirit of humbleness, in that inward man, God regard us as his sheep of his pasture. But there are sheep that can be seen as really a sheep, outwardly. But inwardly, they are ravening wolves. They are cruel animals. Did you see the point now? Yes, Brother Eli. Because there are two men in our being if we are Christians. If you are a Christian, outwardly you are a man. And inwardly you are a man also. If you are a Christian, outwardly you can be a sheep. And inwardly you are a sheep also. If you are a servant of God, outwardly you can be Jew And you can also be Jew inwardly. And it is also possible that outwardly you may be a Roman, like what the Apostle Paul is tackling with the Romans. For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. You can be a Roman, but at the same time, be a Jew inwardly. You can be uncircumcised, but inwardly you can be circumcised. Whose circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men but of God. You see that uh, somehow deep wisdom in the Bible. Not like other religious groups that say, oh, the Catholic priests are the ravening, or the, the ravening wolves presenting themselves in sheep's clothing because their clothing, uh, the uh, vestment of the sheep, are, of the priest are white and clean, and clean, etc. That is misinterpretation and misconception. Oh, the very clear wisdom of God in the Bible. The first thing we have to understand is that the Bible speaks of things which are physical and spiritual. If we have to be uh, worthy to be called the sheep in God's pasture, we have to be sheep 
inwardly. It's the most important. You may appear as a lion outside. You may appear as a Roman or a barbarian outside. But you can be you inside. You may appear with your uncircumcised penis, but the circumcision is not outward in the flesh, but the circumcision is that of the heart. Those are clear verses of the scriptures to teach us uh, the wisdom of God in the Bible based on the context of the entire Bible, not only using Matthew 7.15, then giving, giving interpretation that sheep's clothing are the clothing of the Catholic priest, like a popular church in the Philippines is the teaching. Now you know, Brother Yuli, you have an idea of what I am trying to drive at. Yes, Brother Eli. So it is not the outward appearance, rather, that makes some, someone a sheep or a wolf, for that matter. It is what is inside their heart that makes them who they are. The inward man. The inward man. So, if what's important is what's inside, what's inward, what's in the heart, how can and Jesus Christ, our Lord Jesus Christ, warned us about of of sheep which in inwardly are ravening wolves how can we then tell brother Eli that somebody is a wolf inside or inwardly how can one truth seeker for example i am searching for the truth i want to know who is really the sheep of god or the the preacher of god if it's if i should look inside the heart, is there any way I can find out if they're really a sheep or a ravenous wolf? Inside. Inside. Then look at the heart. But didn't the Bible said that only God can see the heart? Precisely. But you can, you can know what is inside the heart. And how is that, Father Eli? 6.45 of the book of Luke. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaketh. So you know him. You'll know him. But what comes out of his mouth? You see? Because what is abundant in the heart goes out of the mouth. What is in the deposit or what you call the reservoir comes out of the faucet. It is very clear. A good man out of the good treasures of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart his mouth is speaketh. You will know a preacher 
which is uh, inwardly a sheep of God or a Christian which is inwardly a sheep of the God's flock by what comes out of his heart and that comes out of the mouth. The abundance of the heart is his mouth is speaketh the word of the Lord Jesus Christ says. And when it comes to analyzing a preacher who is a preacher with the sheep, a sheep who is a sheep inwardly, not ravening wolves, there is another lead that the Lord Jesus Christ taught us. Let us read 7.17 of the book of John. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. Continue in 18. He that speaketh of himself seeketh his own glory, but he that seeketh his glory that sent him, the same is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. It is clear. In the abundance of the heart, the mouth is speaketh. How do you discern a preacher whose heart is not a ravening wolf? The inward of that man is a sheep, not a ravening wolf. If any man will do his will, the Lord Jesus Christ speaking, he shall know of the doctrine, the doctrine that a preacher is preaching whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. He that is speaketh of himself. Brother Yuli, this is now the, the point of discussion. Find a preacher that is speak not of himself, that is speaks the word of God in the Bible, that reads the Bible. We have that assurance that if a preacher speaks not of himself, but he speaks the word of God in the Bible, he is sent by God. He is not a ravening wolf. But, Brother Eli, to an ordinary listener, anybody who's preaching speaks the word of God. No. They tell stories. Seldom you find them reading five or six verses of the Bible in 15-minute talk. They talk for an hour without reading the Bible. Even if you are an ordinary Seeker of the truth, abide by what the Lord Jesus Christ said. He that is speaketh of himself, seeketh his own glory. You can see preachers now that speaks of themselves. What do I mean? What do I mean? There are preachers who teach doctrines not coming from the Bible. They speak of themselves. Whatever they want to talk and to teach comes from themselves. It is not from the Bible. You know, I, I'll give you an example. There are religions that teaches us purgatory, limbo, peradventure. Can you find the word limbo or purgatory in the Bible? Or not the word, maybe the thought of it. The essence. The essence. Can you read that in the Bible? I'm, I'm glad the only Catholic Pope who told us the truth is Pope Benedict XVI. 
he declared that there is no limbo. More than 260 Catholic popes taught the Catholic Church that there is limbo. I admired that pope. But I was very sorry when he was when he some after some time he resigned as being a pope the only pope in modern history that resigned i am i'm thinking why he's well he's strong at his age he's strong i never heard of a pope that resigned was he the first ever pope no he is the first ever in the past 600 years of the Catholic Church who relinquished relinquished his being pope and for that i reserve my uh, right to my own opinion why in the world pope benedict the 16 will resign as a pope why maybe there are intrigues that happened after he declared centuries old roman catholic teachings of limbo which almost all pope teach and agreed with but let us read i want to read the newspaper and this newspaper was not uh, read uh, especially in catholic dominated countries in the world let us read that this is uh, an article from the metro which was published on October 5, 2006. It was a Thursday. And it says that limbo does not exist, says Pope. All new view, the Pope opposes the idea of limbo. Pope Benedict XVI will tomorrow announce he is scrapping the centuries-old Roman Catholic concept of limbo. According to church teachings, limbo is home to the souls of children who die without being baptized. It is a state between heaven and hell. But the Pope will instead say that unbaptized children go to heaven. The move follows a meeting at the Vatican this week of 30 senior church figures who are part of the powerful international Theological Commission, or ITC. Pope Benedict has long opposed the idea of limbo, despite it being part of Catholic thought since the Middle Ages. He revealed his views in 1984 when he was Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger. It is linked to the cause of original sin, he said then, but many babies die because They are victims. You see? He, na- he opposed the idea of limbo in 2000. That was as early as 2006. 2006. A few months later, I do not know if it reached a year, he resigned as Pope, making me think what happened to that Pope. I admire his sincerity of declaring 
wrong centuries old doctrine of the Catholic Church. He, he went against the tide of the Catholic doctrines. Yes. And maybe that is the reason why he resigned also. I'm not sure, but I'm just thinking I am entitled to my own opinion. But you see, our national hero in the Philippines, Dr. Rosarizal, Brother Yuli, read the Bible. The entire Bible, I should say. In his very famous novel entitled No Limitangere, which is Touch Me Not in English, it was written by Rizal in the Spanish language. Rizal declared that after reading the Bible, the word purgatory is not in the Bible. Neither Moses. It is in, the, in page 72. Let us read a part of it, Brother Yuli of No Limitangere by Dr. Jose Rizal. But now let's see how the idea of purgatory, which is absent from both the Old and the New Testaments, became Catholic doctrine. Neither Moses nor Jesus Christ make the slightest mention of purgatory. And the only text from the Bible that can be cited One from the second book of Maccabees, chapter 12, on prayers for the dead. Quote, for their guilt's undoing, unquote. Eh, you see, there is no verse in the Old and New Testament. Only in the book of Maccabees, they found prayers for the dead. And that is not a part of the scriptures. The book of Maccabees can can hardly be proven to be included in the canon of the scriptures. It is not in the original Bible, the book of Maccabees. Only the Catholic Church included it in the Bible sometime about only, let us see, go back to history. Even the First, popes and cardinals of the Catholic Church do not include it in the Bible in the earlier uh, existence of the Catholic Church. It was only it was only in 1546. Imagine 1546 only at the Council of Trent that the Roman Catholic Church officially declared that these books of Apocrypha, including the Book of Maccabees, that to be sacred and canonical and to be accepted with equal devotion and reverence. It was only decided by the Council of Trent of the, of the, church, of the Catholic Church in 1546. So for all those uh, thousand years and hundreds of years, even the Catholic Church do not regard those books of the Apocrypha, including the book of Maccabees, as canonical, only very recently. Brother Eli, for the sake of our listeners, can you just quickly explain to us what canonical books means? Canonical books are accepted books which are accepted by Christians and scholars to be part of the holy book or the Bible. 
There are other books, ancient as they are, but they are not canonical. You can determine what is canonical, brother Yuli, by like this. In the book of Matthew, Matthew mentioned the book of Genesis. Making the book of Genesis, according to Matthew and the Lord Jesus Christ, as authentic book of the sacred scriptures. Because it recognizes Genesis. Because authorities recognizes that book. James, uh, one of the writers of the sacred scriptures is James. He mentioned Job in his book, making the book of Job authentic or to be regarded as part of the sacred scriptures. So nobody ever recognized or mentioned Uh, the book of Maccabees. No one apostle that even the Lord Jesus Christ used the book of Maccabees as reference. That's why it was not included in the canon of the scriptures. For 1,500 years existence of the Catholic Church, it is not included in the canon of the scriptures. And uh, the book that we just read, the Noli Mitangere, states that the only mention of the word purgatory is in the no, book. No, there is no mention of the word purgatory. The mention is the prayers for the dead. And it was in the book of Maccabees. In the book of Maccabees. Which not is part not of the scriptures. Part of the canon of the scriptures. Not even mentioning the, book, the word purgatory. Just like the word limbo. What, why are we dealing with this topic, Brother Yuli? Because according to the Lord Jesus Christ, if anyone... If any man will do his will, if any man will want to do the will of God, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. Anyone speaking of himself, not having reference in the book of God or in the Bible, is a false preacher whose heart is not a sheep. A deceiver. Why? How do you know the heart? Because of the abundance of the heart. In the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh, according to the Lord Jesus Christ. If a preacher speaks of himself, meaning that he is speaking of his own theology, his own wisdom, his own teaching, which is disapproved of the Bible of God. Why? A man of God, a preacher of God, not a false apostle, not a false minister, not a false preacher, speaketh the word of God. It is what the Bible says. You will know a preacher whose heart is not a ravening wolf. Because what is abundant in his heart will come out of his mouth. And if what comes out of his mouth are the word of God, then he is uh, bringing forth the good treasure in his heart, which is the word of God. But if a minister or a preacher speaketh not from the word of God in the Bible, 
He's speaking of himself. That is the the sign of a false preacher. I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. A false apostle, a false prophet, speaking of himself, things that are not spoken of God, teaching things which does not come from God, but from himself alone. 334 of the book of John. Let us read. John chapter 3, verse 34. For he whom God had sent speaketh the words of God. Amen. He whom God had sent speaketh the words of God. But to the contrary, he who sends himself Speak at his own word, not the word of God. It is in the book of Jeremiah. I did not send them, but they prophesy. Let us read from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 23, verse 21. I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. See? They prophesied uh, prophecies which are lies in the book of Jeremiah also. They speak of lies. These are the ravening wolves that the Lord Jesus Christ mentioned, the false prophets. Eh? Let us read 14.14 of the book of Jeremiah. Then the Lord said unto me, The prophets prophesy lies in my name. I sent them not, neither have I commanded them, neither spoke unto them. They prophesy unto you a false vision and divination, and the thing of naught, and the deceit of their heart. They are ravening wolves, a false prophet, prophesying, not receiving any instruction from God. That's why. You can know the heart if what is in the heart is the real idea of a sheep of God. A preacher with a good heart brings out the treasure, good treasure from the heart, which is the word of God. He speaks the word of God. One who is sent by God speaks the word of God. But somebody speaking of himself is seeking his own glory. Very well defined by the Lord Jesus Christ. Inside them is a ravening wolf. Their inward is not inward man. Inwardly they are animals. They are beasts. Brother Eli, what about those pastors who are reading some verse in the Bible? For example, the, the verse in Malachi which it tells people to pay tithes. Are they not reading the word of God? Are they supposed to be listened to? Are they supposed to be followed by the members? To that question, Brother Yuli, 
to that question, allow me to tell you first something which these pastors do not want to reveal to their members. The Bible is divided into two sets of books, books of the Old Testament and the books of the New Testament. There are 66 books as uh, most religions now believe. But I want to advance it, and you will hear it first in this uh, program, that there is a 67th book of the Bible. And I can prove that with God's help beyond this, an iota of a doubt. And that will be for f- the future episodes. The future episode. The 67th book, which none of the preachers now know. Mm-hmm. And that would be a very exciting topic to discuss. Please stand by for that episode. It's a very interesting topic that I'm pretty sure you have not heard from your preacher. And my question, Brother Elise, how about those preachers? Because you told, you told us that we will know somebody who is sent by God, who is a man of God, if he is speaking the word of God. And how about those preachers that are reading the verses in the Bible? For example, the verse in Malachi, which teach of tithing. Are they not speaking the word of God? They are not. And why is that, brother? They are hiding things which are very important to salvation. The Bible is divided into two parts. The books of the Old Testament and the books of the New Testament. In 8.13 of the book of Hebrews, the Apostle Paul has this to say. Let us read. Hebrews Chapter 8, verse 13. In that he set a new covenant he had made the first old. Now that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish away. It will vanish away. Apostle Paul declared that 2,000 years ago that the covenant that decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish away 2,000 years ago. What do you expect 2,000 years after? From the time of the Apostle Paul up to our time, are you going to use the covenant that is waxing old or decaying to teach uh, salvation in this particular time of the history of man? Then you are a false preacher. But why is it still in the Bible, Barelli? Because the Bible is a record of the service of God's people. So, tithing is not applicable in... It is not in the New Testament or the New Covenant. It's not part of the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's part of the law of Moses. 7.5 of the book of Hebrews. And verily, they that are of the sons of Levi, who receive the office of the priesthood, have a commandment to take tithes of the people according to the law. According to the law that exists in those times. And that is the law of Moses. See? 
They that are the sons of Levi who received the office of the priesthood, the Levite priesthood, in the time of Moses, have a commandment to take tithes. You, you will need a commandment to have the right to take the tithes of the people. Agreed? Yes, Brother Eli. The sons of Levi who are priests in the Levite priesthood have a commandment to take tithes of the people according to the law. Which law exists in their time? The law of Moses. Now, how about the law of Moses in the time of the apostles? 1339 of the book of Acts And by him? By the Lord Jesus Christ. By him. The, the pronoun is the Lord Jesus Christ. And by him, all that believe are justified from all things, from which ye could not be justified by the law of Moses. In the Christian era, the law of Moses cannot be used to, uh, to save people. It's clear. By believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, everyone who believes is justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. The law of Moses is gone, Brother Yuli. Do mm-hmm. preachers preach this in our times? Most of the preacher, Brother Eli, that I hear, especially in the Western Hemisphere, they teach tithing, tithing which is part of the law of Moses. It's part of the law of Moses. And many people are deceived, Brother Eli. Not by only this many. Teaching. Billions are deceived by these pastors, by these ravening wolves. Why have they fallen prey to these wolves? Why have they been victimized? How? Because of deceit, cunningness. Making it appear that it is part of the commandment. But I'm, I'm going to show you the deceit that they are using. They do not tell people that the old covenant is different from the new. That the old covenant was replaced by the Lord Jesus Christ of the new covenant. That the priesthood was changed. You know that, Brother Yuli? When the Lord Jesus Christ arrived, the Levite priesthood was changed. 7.12 of the book of Hebrews. For the priesthood being changed, there is made of necessity a change also of the law. Can you take this out from the Bible? There was a change of priesthood that happened, and there was also a change of the law. Meaning, Brother Yuli, from the law that exists in the time of the Levite priesthood. There was a change of the priesthood. There must also be a change of the law. Did these pastors of our times explain to their members that there was a change of the law? From the law of Moses to the law of Christ. Let us read 6.2 of the book of Galatians. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. There are 
different sets of law in the Bible. The law of Moses, which is the Mosaic law, represented in the Old Testament. And there is a change of covenant from the Old to the New Covenant. I will go back to 8.13 of the book of Hebrews when God said, In that He set a new covenant, He made the first old. That's why there is an old covenant, Old Testament, and a new covenant or a new testament. One is different from the other. The priesthood in the Old Covenant is the Levite priesthood, while the priesthood in the New Testament is the priesthood of the Lord Jesus Christ. 3.1 of the book of Hebrews up to 3. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. Of the profession of Christianity, our high priest is the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us continue, Brother Yuli. Who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who had builded the house had more honor than the house. Amen. So, our priest now is not Moses. It's not Aaron of the Levite priesthood. The priest is the Lord Jesus Christ in the new covenant. And the law of Moses is the law that existed in the old covenant. is different from the law of Christ that is in the new covenant. These, these are simple things to understand but they are not being explained by preachers who want to stick to the law of Moses because of tithing. You know the secret, Brother Eli. What is the secret, Brother Eli? The secret is uh, tithing, which is part of the law of Moses regarding the Levite priesthood, uh, means more money than that, the teaching of our Lord Jesus Christ. It means more money. I know a star here in Brazil being paid by European clubs, clubs sports club, sports club, three hundred million euro. That's a lot of money, Barreli. Oh, that is more than $300,000. And 10% of that, because he is a Protestant, a born again, 300 million, 10% is 30 million. That goes to the coffers of the pastor. Just like that, the pastor earned 30 million. 30 million. Euro. And what is worse is that if that footballer gives his wife the 270 million, 
the pastor will again collect another 10% from what that the wife of that footballer received. So it's a different... So it is 270 million given to the wife. The wife has the obligation to pay tithes of everything that he, she received. And that is 270 million times 10% is another 27 million. That's, That's how not. you multiply your wealth by tithing. Which is not in the law of Christ. Because the law of Christ have another way or manner of helping or maintaining the finances or, or the, the necessities of the church. 2 Corinthians 9.7, let us read. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give not grudgingly or of necessity for God loveth a cheerful giver amen that is the law of christ for the finances of the church what was commanded by the lord jesus christ written by the apostles is to give to contribute every man according as he purposeth in his heart it is not Fixed price. It is not 10%. It is not tithing. It is your heart that decides what you are going to give. Let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. So, you will give, rather you will, or contribute. It is not 10% or tithing. It is the law of the New Testament. In supporting the church that is in the Bible. But now, among pastors that are accustomed to receiving big amount of money from members, imagine they stick to the 10% in the law of Moses. But they disregard the law of Moses in many points. In what points, Brother Eli? In the law of Moses, it is prohibited to eat pork, shrimp, seashells, like oyster, clams, clams, crabs. But these pastors eat pork and crabs. Ask them why they are eating it in the law of Moses. Ah, because it is a gun. They say, it's gone away. When it comes to money, why don't you let the law of Moses be gone? You see now the deceit. When it comes to money, they will stick to the law of Moses. When it comes to discipline, they do not want to stick to the law of Moses. Concerning things that wherein they will not earn money. That's why the, the Apostle Paul said, the love of money is a root of all evil. Which while some coveted after, they have erred, erred from the faith. Because of error in faith is the love of money. But is it true, Brother Eri, that if they don't give tithes, they are 
stealing from God and they will be punished. It is true in the time of the Israelites because it is the it is the law being implemented. But it is not in our time. So teaching that is teaching inappropriately. You are a false prophet, a false preacher, a false apostle. Because none of the apostles preached or asked the members of the first century church to give tithes. None of them. And the apostle Paul is a witness to that. 2 Corinthians 8.3. Let us read. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means, of their own free will. Of their own free will. Of their own free will, brother. Do you mean that it is tithing? Paying tithes is not your own free will. It is a fixed price that you have to pay. And it is not by your own free will. And actually, brother Eli, I, I have heard of pastors asking more than 10%. Yeah, they are, there are pastors in Brazil asking 30%. We can prove that. We have evidences to show. Aside from 10%, 20%, or 30%, they are asking for what they call here in Brazil, campaña, voto, vows. They, are, they still teach other things. Uh, with tithing, they have so many things to teach. Leaving the poor member with no more than 50% of their income. If they will be as faithful as they can be, they will pay tithes, they will give contributions, they will have vows, and they will have uh, to present uh, an envelope especial. That means, in English, a special envelope. With much money inside. That's why, for me, there are so many ravening wolves in our times. There are so many. You will know them. You will know what kind of heart they have, what is inside their heart, if that is really the spirit of a sheep or a true preacher or a true Christian or the spirit of a wolf, a ravening wolf. You will know by what they come out of their mouth or you will know them by their teachings. I want to repeat 717 of the book of John. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine. Be always concentrated on the doctrine, brothers and sisters. If the doctrine comes from God, it is right. But if a man speaks of himself, he is seeking his own glory. That qualifies him to be a man outside or a sheep outside. But do not have the inward man. Inwardly, he is a ravening wolf. A greedy dog. There are people who looks like human. Physically are human, but inside 
his human being or being as a human inside is an animal a wolf or a dog 5611 of the book of Isaiah yay they are greedy dogs which can never have enough and they are shepherds that cannot understand they all look to their own way everyone for his gain from his quarter everyone from his gain they are greedy dogs they are ravening wolf brother yuli a wolf is in the family of dogs mm-hmm. they are ravening wolves but in the prophecy they are called greedy dogs greedy ravening wolf they can never have enough and they are shepherds that cannot understand you will know them brother yuli by their teachings their doctrines of lies deceits and hypocrisy but they do not understand the true meaning of the wisdom of god in the bible it's like there's no knowledge coming out of their mouth just the same old the same old story receive the lord jesus christ as your personal savior they copy one from another they are copying the doctrines like the born again from the americas from the united states yes, they are copying from each other one save always save yes is that biblical no 100% unbiblical one save always save no it's a lie That is the doctrine of the Baptist Church, the Pentecostal Church. There are so many denominations of this Baptist. They do not, they among themselves, they do not agree one to another. Southern Baptist, Conservative Baptist, ne? so many Baptists, Evangelical Baptists, etc. In America, there are about 100 bi- Baptist denominations. Only Baptist, not including the Born Again movement. Many, many of them, they copy one from another, their doctrines. And it is not biblical. Imagine, faith alone saves. We can very surely, with the help of the verses in the Bible, prove that this faith faith alone saves without good works is a lie it is a blatant lie any preacher teaching that faith alone saves and it is not necessary to do good works is a liar is a ravening wolf a preacher that teaches that One save always save is a ravening wolf also. This is the doctrine, Brother Eli, that, that says that if you are saved according to them, you cannot do any more sin. Correct? If you are saved already, you cannot do any more sin? No. I have debated with the Baptist minister and said, whatever sin you commit because you are already saved, then you are saved. If they commit crimes, they are still saved. They are saved. Because they have been saved once already. Yes. 
Once saved, always saved. Isn't that a very dangerous doctrine, Brother Eli? A very dangerous doctrine of ravening wolves. And this will be, this we can tackle in our podcast. If God will permit, give us more time, we can tackle the, all these doctrines. Because by their doctrines, you shall know them, the Lord Jesus Christ said. You will know what is in the heart or what kind of a heart a preacher has by the doctrine that he teaches. If any man, remember the verse, brothers and sisters, wherever you are in the world, 7, 17, and 18 of the book of John. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God from the Bible or whether I speak of myself. Speaking from themselves, you will find their teachings not based in the Bible. Like collecting of tithes in this dispensation of Christianity. Using the law of Moses in the Old Covenant, mending it with the New Testament. Like the Seventh-day Adventist Church, Brother Yuli. You know, what is the secret? They rally on the Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments. They always say, Ten Commandments, Ten Commandments. Ask them, are you baptizing? They will say, yes. Why do you insist on Ten Commandments when baptizing is not in the Ten Commandments? So it is not anymore Ten Commandments because you are doing something out of the Ten Commandments. What kind of fool you are? You sing the number 10 when you observe 11? You see. You see the deceit. And there is no contribution in the Ten Commandments. Correct, Brother Eli? There is no uh, contribution, monetary contribution in the Ten Commandments. It is included in the law of Moses. It is in, the Ten Commandments goes with the statutes and judgment. The Bible says. Aside from the the teachings or the commandments in the two tablets of stone which God gave Moses, God commanded Moses to write down on a book statutes and judgment that goes with the Ten Commandments. And there the tithing is included. But it is in the time of Moses, not in the time of the Lord Jesus Christ. These are very lengthy topics to discuss. But I know... If our listeners will be patient enough to listen and to give some of their time, they will arrive to that sure conclusion that really there are preachers now who are ravening wolves. Outwardly, they are man. They are sheep. They can look like a sheep in attitude, the way they speak. Not just the clothing. No, not the white clothing. Not the clothing. Definitely thin. not the clothing white. And not also of. Uh, how they act in front of you, but how they how are. How they teach. What comes out of their heart. What comes out of their heart in, that comes from the mouth. The teachings, the doctrine. You can judge them. You can discern whether they are really sent by God or they are sending themselves for the sake of money. They made religion as merchandise. It is what the Bible says. So there are so many things we have to discover. That's why 
we called our program Unheard Truth from the Bible. And there are so many things that we can learn from the Bible. The Bible does not teach us that everything is possible with God. To the contrary, there are things which are impossible with God. Things which He cannot do and things He will never do. But the teachings of most religions are nothing, nothing is, is impossible. impossible with God. And the teachings also that God is everywhere is another fallacy not based in the Bible. God is everywhere? It's a lie. It's a lie. You will hear this in this podcast. Like what I say, I have said to you. Another thing is that, that other pastors do not teach that God is a faithful person. God has faith. He is a faithful, faithful person. Pastors argue that God cannot have faith because having faith, it will imply that somebody is higher than him. They do not understand what they are saying. We will tackle that in this program. Because according to them, it will be a sign of weakness in God's part to have faith. That is their stupidity. We will solve that. Along with understanding the 67th book of the Bible, which is missing in their Bible, but it is in my Bible, and I will present them to them. God willing on God our... Willing. upcoming episodes and I guess with that we were able to divulge what this ship the Lord Jesus Christ warns us about in the book of Matthew that these sheep are ravening wolves inside inside. but they are sheep outside and we can know with their teachings teachings because that comes from their heart. What is in abundant in the heart comes out of the mouth. And the mouth is the one that is doing the teachings or the doctrine, teaching the doctrines. You, will, you, will, you can discern if they are ravening wolves or not by the kind of teaching that comes out from their mouth, which is in abundant, which is abundant in their hearts. And in the same manner, the preacher that is of God the real sheep outside and inside is speaking of heavenly things or God's words. The words of God. The words of God. Uh, the words of God, not diluted or polluted. Only the word of God. Not speaking of himself or from himself. He will never speak or teach something from himself. He will always teach what's in the Bible. And, and one more thing before we, we close tonight's episode of The Unheard Truth from the Bible. Brother Yuli, not all Jews are Jew. We have learned. Mm-hmm. There may be barbarians, Romans, Greeks, uncircumcised as they are, but inwardly their heart is circumcised. Inwardly, they are Jews. Just like manner, inwardly, you can be a sheep of God's pasture. But 
maybe outwardly you may look like something like an ugly person mm-hmm. but inwardly you are a sheep of god to the contrary there can be people who are or preachers presenting the presenting themselves to be a sheep outwardly you look him at him he really is a sheep but inwardly a dangerous sheep a ravening wolf that will devour you anytime they they have the chance and speaking of devouring brother Eddie, what does this mean spiritually if a ravening wolf devours some someone when you are devoured you are eaten totally and spiritually. you became a you become a pan- fanatic following a false preacher that is the danger of it the end the end result is damnation brother eli yes yes surely because you are a victim or you are victimized by a ravening wolf can they can they not say that they were just a victim or they were just deceived is that an excuse brother eli no it's not an excuse if you are really a truth seeker then the holy spirit of god will lead you you will not fall victim forever victim to these ravening wolves god's have some safety measures for his sheep or for his people do not worry to be victimized by this if you are really a seeker of the truth god has promises in the bible especially in the new testament seek and you shall find knock and it will be opened unto you ask and it shall be given unto you god always have some security measures for his sheep you will not fall victim to this when you fall victim sometimes it is because of your fault because you do not want to receive the truth that is in second thessalonians 2:11 let us read and for this cause god shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie why did god let them to believe a lie continue brother yuli that they all might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness so if you are not fond of believing the truth then you will be a victim of lies a victim of this sheep that are pretended sheep but inwardly ravening wolves and i think with that we will wrap up the for today's live episode we hope to see you again next week but before we say goodbye i want to give brother eli the chance to say goodbye to our listeners i want to speak more brother yuli but parting is such sweet sorrow but i shall say good night till it be next sunday may god bless us all may god protect you from the perils of this pandemic may our families and friends and relatives be guarded 
or be saved from the evils that is happening in our dispensation or our times. May God save us from the evil that is to come by believing in the words of God and following His will. Thank you and good night. Good night, everyone. Stay safe. You've just listened to the unheard truth from the Bible. You can download the recorded version and share it with your friends. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Until next time. Haverty's Furniture is here to help you get set for the season with up to $1,000 off. So you can set the stage with style and set the bar more beautifully. So why not settle in together on a new sofa? Because being at home doesn't mean having to settle for less. Even though the holidays feel a little different this year, Haverty's Furniture can help you create the perfect holiday setting with up to $1,000 off plus 0% interest. Haverty's Furniture is here to help you get set for the season with up to $1,000 off. So you can set the stage with style and set the bar more beautifully. So why not settle in together on a new sofa? Because being at home doesn't mean having to settle for less. Even though the holidays feel a little different this year, Haverty's Furniture can help you create the perfect holiday setting with up to $1,000 off plus 0% interest. I have pen fed, that's a fact. I have pen fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's Power Cash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit penfed.org slash powercash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Haverty's Furniture is here to help you get set for the season with up to $1,000 off. So you can set the stage with style and set the bar more beautifully. So why not settle in together on a new sofa? Because being at home doesn't mean having to settle for less. Even though the holidays feel a little different this year, Haverty's Furniture can help you create the perfect holiday setting with up to $1,000 off plus 0% interest.